the best place to buy tires? Where's the best repair shop for my hybrid? Questions about your car? Drive into Dobbs. With more than 40 locations, our team of technicians will get the job done right the first time. For deals you can use, click on gotodobbs.com now. For over two decades, E&B Granite has been St. Louis's trusted name for kitchen, bathroom, and outdoor space renovations that are guaranteed to bring new life into your living spaces. Their skilled team will provide you with personalized customer service, fast turnaround times, and prices you won't find with big box stores. Support local and schedule free consultation at enbgranite.com or call them at 314-645-9300 or better yet, stop by the showroom and explore their massive inventory. Again, that's enbgranite.com. With Michelle Smallman, I'm Randy Carricker. It's always great to talk to ESPN.com's Greg Wyshynski, talking some hockey as we head into the playoffs. And he's with us on the Brown and Crouppen Celebrity Line. Greg, good to have you with us. How are you doing? Doing great. How are you? Everything's well. I was just telling Michelle during the break about some of the games that Scotty Bowman would play during the playoffs. And tell me if you have any others in addition to these. Uh, I was told by multiple Blues players over the years, one thing that Scotty Bowman would do is have the visitor's locker room at uh, Joe Louis Arena painted with oil base painted about 930 in the morning if the opposing team had like a 1030 practice he would right before they arrived he would have the uh, the painters at Joe Lewis Arena paint their locker room so that uh, they they wouldn't be able to dress because the fumes were so strong he would have scoreboard <laughs> maintenance during the playoffs if a team would show up at the visitors locker room get all dressed get out there and there would the scoreboard would be at ice level and the guys would be saying yeah we, we got to fix the scoreboard for tonight's game uh, just, just he, he was an amazing tactician and an amazing mental game player, Scotty Bowman was. Do you, do you have any of those great Scotty Bowman playoff stories? <laughs> None more than that. I mean, that's uh, one of the reasons why he was one of the, or what, probably the most successful coach of all time. I mean, players that he coached probably uh, had something to do with that as well. <laughs> so yeah, right. That he was behind the bench for. But no, I mean, the great tradition of, of chicanery in sports is. Uh, one of my favorite things, not only the the tricks that you mentioned with Bowman, but uh, you know the uh, random fire alarm pole in a opposing team's <laughs> hotel uh, that can't be traced, and then you know to go from another sport as far as the home field advantage stuff. I, I grew up in uh, Jersey. I'm a New York Jets fan, and I always loved the uh, stories in the Meadowlands where uh, you know Bill Parcells or somebody would <clears throat> open up one of the gigantic doors on field level in order to adjust the wind yeah. <laughs> uh, to mess with a, a, an opposing team's kicks. So and any, any of these little underhanded but completely uh, you know, legal in some ways, I don't know mm-hmm. about pulling a fire alarm, but uh, advantages the teams can get are pretty great. One thing that uh, one other note that Scotty did: they had the the wooden benches. They were really long, two by twelves, and uh, enough so that you had room for all the skaters. And he would during the playoffs, uh, at least for the first games, uh, so that the other team would notice. He would cut have his equipment guys cut a foot off of the opponent's bench so that they would all have to be <laughs> scrunched together. <laughs> he was something pretty great. Pretty great. Greg, we know that this Stanley Cup playoffs is anything but normal, but in a normal format, one of the things that we would looking be looking at as a particular X factor is veteran leadership. And Randy and I were talking during the break, and I, I said to him, I wonder if veteran leadership even really matters in this scenario, because even the veteran guys are going into an unknown situation. So do you think that we kind of remove that from the equation when we're talking about how to handicap who's the favorites here? 
No, that's a good point. I mean, you know, I was thinking specifically about a team like Vancouver uh, that is a really young team. Um, you know, the playoff experience for the core group of that team is is almost non-existent, but they bought in a, a couple of players recently, Tyler Toffoli, JT Miller, who have extensive playoff experience that have gone on, on long runs with their teams. And, you know, for a while we were all like, you know, that makes sense. You know, the veteran guys in the room calm you down if you're in the middle of playoffs. But like you said, this is uncharted territory for, uh, for everybody. I mean, you bring in those guys to, uh, you know, give the big speech before you go play a huge road game in front of a hostile crowd. Well, there's no hostile crowd. It's barely a road game, right? So what does that even mean? Now, when it comes to a team like the Blues, <clears throat> I, I, I do think that there is an advantage in the sense that if the entirety of the team, the cohesive unit, has been on these journeys together, uh, it, it definitely will allow for there to be kind of a, a, a circling the wagons, batting down the hatches mentality when things go poorly. And, you know, as the Blues showed us last year, their propensity for just kind of moving on and forgetting adversity, uh, which was just unprecedented in some cases last season, I think is going to really come in handy when you are dealing with so many uncertainties, not only in what the environment's going to look like, but also, let's face it, from day to day, not knowing who uh, may or may not be in your lineup. Greg, we focus here in St. Louis on the return of Vladimir, but it seems around the league that there are multiple teams, not the least of which is Colorado, whom the Blues play first, that are going to benefit from guys that probably wouldn't have been there at the start of the playoffs that are healthy now. Yeah, Colorado is obviously the biggest example. I mean, I don't think there's been a, a moment this season when they've had their full team intact. And then by the end of the season, they were missing everybody, goaltender uh, and, and several forwards. And, and getting everybody healthy at the same time in the same way is going to be pretty remarkable to see because that is a team that is already uh, really good, obviously second in the division behind the Blues. Um, but with everybody healthy and raring to go, guys like Nazem Kadri and you know, everybody in the top line that's been out of, in and out of the lineup, even by the end of the season, Nathan McKinnon was even hurt. Um, it, it's going to be a formidable group for sure. The other team in the Eastern Conference that I think fits that bill is the Pittsburgh Penguins, um, who have had guys in and out of the lineup all season long. Uh, really did a remarkable job to get where they were in the standings, kind of playing a more defensive style this season if they were waiting for some of their big offensive guns to come back from injury. One guy that, that's been missing for almost the entire season is Jake Gensel, their top-line winger who plays with Sidney Crosby. and you know, He's going to be back in the lineup when they do the restart, and the Penguins are going to be a, a real interesting group to watch because of that. And Gensel is a big-time playoff player. For fans here in the Western Conference that aren't aware of him, he, he's a guy that always seems to step up at this time of year. Yeah, he does, and, and also you know gives Sid that sort of reliable uh, offensive option on his wing. You know, for, for a decade, it was a guy like Chris Kunitz that just had this remarkable chemistry with, with Crosby, but Gensel showed that he has that too. And so you have that going for you. You have Jason Zucker, who they acquired from the Minnesota Wild, now playing on, on Malkin's wing. They're, they're a really, really interesting team to watch, if only because, you know, to go back to the uh, thing we were just talking about before with leadership, it's pretty clear that the message from the veterans on that team, be it Crosby, be it Malkin, be it Chris Letang, has been, look, this is an unprecedented opportunity for us, a veteran team, to try to collect a fourth Stanley Cup uh, in, a, in, a, in a limited run, short run tournament. I think the message has been heard by, by the Penguins players. 
Greg, we know the intensity of the Stanley Cup playoffs is unlike anything in sports. But I wonder if we're going to see that same level of intensity. I know that everyone's fresh and they're going to come out firing. But without that momentum of the regular season to feed into the playoffs and without the crowds and that really threatening environment that you go into in different arenas, do you think it's going to be difficult for players to reach that that top level? Well, maybe not for the Florida Panthers. I mean, they play in front of like five thousand people. That's 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 TP. I'm sorry, but no, the, it's a good it's a good question, and I've asked a lot of players in the last few months, like about that very thing, because you know it's kind of cliche, but they do rely on the crowds to give them that extra boost, and uh, and and also rely on those crowds in hostile environments to kind of get them fired bu- fired up to you know be a spoiler and ruin the party. And to not have that dynamic in the playoffs where it's usually just so prevalent um, is going to be a very strange thing. So a lot of these players I've talked to have talked about trying to figure out ways to self-motivate, to try to like almost like envision what it's like to play in front of a crowd, even though there's not going to be one there and that sort of thing. Uh, you know, you hope the intensity of the playoffs and, and everything that's on the line um, and maybe even, you know, transforming some of the mental frustration of having to live in a bubble for two and a half months into, into energy on the ice will make these games intense and, and kind of replicate the feelings that you get in a playoff series. But it really remains to be seen. Now, as, as I reported uh, on Sunday, the NHL is asking fans to record their cheers and boos and chants and stuff uh, and, and send it into their teams. Uh, that'll be featured on the broadcast and that'll be featured on social media, but apparently it's also going to be featured inside the arena at times too. So it'll be interesting to see what kind of atmosphere the NHL does uh, create to try to, you know, make this more than just the players playing inside of a vacuum. Greg, yesterday, Doug Armstrong was asked if seeding matters heading into these playoffs. I want you to respond to what army had to say about seeding. Here he is. Uh, well, certainly, as you said, you you want to put your best foot forward, but uh, I think uh, the eight teams that uh, are in, into the group of 16 have a little bit of latitude to try and get as many guys uh, games as necessary. I think the seeding itself isn't going to really matter uh, when you, when the the four teams that have a buy into the round of 16 play, they're going to be playing someone that's feeling really good about themselves. Someone that has just won a, a three out of five series and, and has a little bit of a sort of game experience uh, in, uh, in this tournament. Uh, mm-hmm. So I don't really put a lot of stock into finishing one through four, except we want to be in a good frame of mind when we get to that round of 16. So what are your thoughts about that? I'm not. I'm not buying that for a second, man. Why do you Why do you try to get the top seed in the conference? You try to get the top seed in the conference not only to secure yourself home ice advantage, and there will be some home ice advantages to being a higher seed. Obviously, with you know having a you know when where your bench is located, which locker room you get to use, and that sort of thing. Um, but you do it to try to play the weakest opponent you possibly can. And and the bottom line is that along with all the unprecedented stuff of this postseason, one of the things that, that's going to be unprecedented is the fact that after the play-in round uh, and the qualification round, we're going to reseed, which is a beautiful thing and should always happen. We haven't done it for several years. But the idea that if the St. Louis Blues remain the top seed in the Western Conference and then get the absolutely lowest seed, I mean, let's say the Chicago Blackhawks pull the upset on the Edmonton Oilers in the first round. Well, I mean, I think the Blues would much rather play a team like the Blackhawks than you know have to play in a, in a, in a series where all of a sudden they're the four seed in the conference, which could definitely happen. That's the craziest thing about this round-robin stuff that the Blues are in is it's a very sort of be careful what you wish for situation. 
these top teams are all like, we want to have games that mean something before we go into the round of 16. Well, they really mean something because all of a sudden the Philadelphia Flyers and the Dallas Stars, who were you know, about a dozen points away from the top spot in the conference, could be the top seed if they win three games. So there's definitely something on the line here. And I think if you're the Blues, you want to put yourself in the best position to continue to advance, and that would be to play the lowest seed possible in the next round. Greg, it's really difficult to try to prognosticate these Stanley Cup playoffs because there's so much that could happen or so much that these players are dealing with that they've never dealt with before. But how are you trying to handicap this? Or are you just kind of throwing up your hands and saying, hey, you know, the favorites are still the favorites. I'm going in thinking what I thought before. Or have you shifted your thought on any teams given the circumstances? No, I mean, it's tough, right? Uh, I think it's tough not only not, not understanding like you mentioned before, what the momentum looks like. Like you could point to last season and say, okay, well, we, we probably should have seen the Blue Jackets upset coming over the Lightning because the Lightning were kind of coasting for a few months and the Blue Jackets are playing playoff games for like three straight weeks or a month and, uh, and they had all that fire and, and, and the momentum at their, at their backs. Um, in this case, we just don't know. I mean, everybody's going to come in pretty much cold outside of one exhibition game. So it's really hard in that aspect to handicap the first round. Now, the thing that, that we're kind of talking around is the idea that this is all happening within a pandemic. And when it comes to trying to figure out maybe who to wager on for the Stanley Cup playoffs, and I do a, a bit of uh, sports gambling, uh, television and writing for ESPN, and we'll probably do some on these playoffs as well. I mean, the idea that all of a sudden a guy could lose, you could leave your lineup for two weeks because he tests positive. Um, and then maybe, you know, spread that to his teammates is, is a, I mean, there's no way to wrap your brain around it as far as how to try to factor it into wagering. I mean, a team's fortunes could change on a dime if some idiot decides he wants to go to a club and leave the bubble, right? So the idea that you have to kind of factor that in along with everything else is, is really daunting insofar as trying to figure out who might actually uh, emerge from this tournament. That said... Caesars has odds on these teams, and I do kind of fancy the odds right now on uh, the Penguins we mentioned earlier and the Philadelphia Flyers, who are a, a team that I think has been a dark horse for most of this season. But, uh, but their depth and, and their talent and uh, their goaltending, if, if Carter Hart uh, remains healthy, is, is pretty formidable. And I think they, they're a team that warrants a little bit of attention. Greg, it's always good to talk to you. Thanks so much for the time. We do appreciate it. Are you going to go to the bubble, by the way? We're still waiting to hear, uh, and I get a, I get a sense that maybe as we get closer to it, it may be a situation where Emily Kaplan and I are uh, maybe observing the first round from afar, uh, I, which would be fine because I think it's going to be a, a television event more than anything else, mm-hmm. uh, and then trying to get to the bubble for the round of sixteen. But we'll see. We haven't we haven't gotten our marching orders yet, but I, I think that both of us uh, are, are hoping to get out there, and I would be uh, I would be I would be in Edmonton to witness. Uh, the potential repeat of the Blues. Love it. Well, we'll talk to you soon either way. Thanks so much for the time. Anytime. Thanks for having me. See you, Greg.